You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom episode. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Today we're going to talk about a really important topic I think we don't give enough attention to, and that is how to be a stepmom, how to be a good one. Um, So in the 70s and 80s, when Renee and I grew up, one of the most popular shows on the air was The Brady Bunch. Yeah, we love that that show. And that back then that was tackling that socially radical concept of two single parents getting married and creating their blended new family with six kids. And cheaper by the dozen. There's been some other ones since then that have kind of tackled that in a more modern context. Yeah. And the truth is today, 16% of all kids have a step parent. That's 11 and a half million. Wait, what I thought. Yeah, a lot. And 12% of women are stepmoms. So, um, and there's some good news in this area. The Pew Research Center uh, did a survey from January of 2011, and it said that more than um, four in 10, that's 40% of American adults have at least one step relative in their family, the step parent, a step sibling or a stepchild, And they were just as likely as others to say that the family is the most important element in their life. Um, but they typically feel a stronger sense of obligation to their biological family members, whether it's a parent, a child, or a sibling than to their Step relatives. Hmm, yeah. So when asked whether their family life has turned out as they expected it, or if it's different than they expected, of course, majority of those, about 54% uh, who have at least one step relative say things have turned out differently than they expected. I don't think any of us wakes up and says, you know, my dream is one day I'm going to marry a guy with he has a couple of kids, three other kids <laughs> and I'm going to balance that whole gig there. But I don't think any yeah. of us ever think that. But um, Seven in 10, 70% who have at least one step relative say they're very satisfied with their family life. So that is very satisfied. It was really similar to um, people without step relatives in their family. So that's a really bright spot in this conversation, I think. Families can work out. Well, today we have a special guest on our episode, and her name is Kylene Baptiste. She is an author, speaker, and youth and family coach based in Florida. She's been working with children and families for over 20 years. She spent the early years of her step family life experiencing the common struggles most stepmoms face and learning how to navigate this journey. Um, Kylie, welcome. Uh, I'm so I'm so glad to be here. And thank you guys for thinking of all the members in a family. Um, I'm just honored to be here. Like you said, I am a stepmom. I've been a stepmom now for almost 11 years to my three awesome now adult <laughs> stepkids. And we have a 17 year old um, foster daughter and we have an eight year old biological daughter together, which a lot of people in step families term as an hours baby. So what's interesting is I'd worked with children and families in hospital settings and in support services settings for years before I became a stepmom. And um, so I've always had a heart for working with children and families. And the segue is not lost on me at how God prepared me and gave me some tools Um, But the interesting thing is all the things that I still yet had to learn 
about how to do that from the stepmom perspective. Um, it's been great. It's been hard. The hardest thing I've ever done. But it's also been the place where I've seen God do the impossible the most. And for that, we just give God the glory in our family. Oh, wow. That's great. So yeah. can you can you tell us about um, when you did first marry, what was the um, composition of your family? Sure. So I'd not ever been married before. So I'd never been a wife before in my mid thirties. So you can just imagine um, <laughs> that was a big learning curve for me. Oh, right? my. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my, my husband had three children who were 12, 10 and eight and the 12 and 10 year olds were girls and the eight year old was a little boy. And in, in um, nuclear families and in step families, gender matters, age matters, all of those things matter. So when Toby and I got married, you know, during the dating period, um, it very much was like a honeymoon dynamic with the kids. We had fun together, just very lighthearted things. Um, and then we got married and I moved in. And that's a learning. Like I said, that was a learning curve for me as a 34 year old. So for children who haven't really had the opportunity to decide a lot about what was happening in their family, when divorce hits, when moves happen, there's so much loss that they don't get a say so about. Mm. Yeah. Enter the stepmom. That's one more thing they don't get a say so about or any, you know, any step parent. Um, so it was difficult. It was hard there. It was instantaneous that things went from fun loving to very cold, very distant, very hard. And I became aware about how much I was going to need to stay on my knees and let God lead me through and let God define what my role was going to need to be, not my own expectations, because I'd worked with children for so many years. I'd worked with hurting children for so many years. So there was a little bit of naivety coming in thinking, hey, I've got some tools and I'm going to be their healer. I'm going to be their helper. And God really had to break that in me because he's the ultimate healer of all of our hearts. And there was just a different role I needed to take. Um, so was, was your yeah. uh, marriage a result of a divorce or a, a death in the family? They, they had gone through a divorce. Their mom was in the picture um, and still is in the picture and they have wonderful parents. So, you know, I knew going in, I did not want to present myself as their mom. I didn't want to push myself into that role. Honestly, in the very beginning, we were stumbling over what do we even label one another? You know, I'm 34. I just got married and now I have kids. Like that was weird from my perspective, to be honest. Yeah. So then for them, they have a mom. They don't need another mom necessarily, you right. know? So to try to even figure out what labels we're going to hold on to was this weird, messy thing. 
Um, but even in that, I have a quick story. We were at the mall and it was just myself and the kids. And somebody said, oh, are these your kids? And we all froze. And it, it felt like uh, 60 seconds. It was probably very quick. But <laughs> my oldest stepdaughter said, no. <laughs> uh-huh. And so we all were standing there like, we don't know. I don't know. And my heart's intent was, I don't want to say no and make it seem like I don't care about them, but I don't want to say yes and make it seem like I'm pushing my relationship on them. Right. So it's just this really fragile thing in the beginning that calls for a lot of humility, mm-hmm. a lot of prayer, and a lot of age-appropriate conversations to let them be heard. Mm. Oh, such that's, good, that's great. Such good advice. That's really, yeah. really great. So yeah, the word blend, blended families uh-huh. conjures up different images. So I love to cook. <laughs> so you can blend something gently, you know, fold uh-huh. it in, gently stirring it in, or I can throw it in my Vitamix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. um, I think that, um, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful picture in my mind, a blended family, but what you're describing is it's a lot more tricky than yes. this, this Vitamix picture. It's this gentle, yes. <laughs> careful. Yeah. And to be really honest, I've even gone back. Like we're a blended family. We're a step family. We're a blended family because step family, care, step mom, step family, it carries its own stereotype. Mm-hmm. So we've even tried on different terminology with that in our own family. You know, I like to think of (laughs) the journey um, and I'm coming from a hospital setting, but if you can imagine skin grafting, (laughs) we're a grafted in family Mm, because that's that's great. Yes. Yes. Aren't we Um, all grafted in in that sense? Hello. (laughs) And we can, we can look we can look to the Lord to show this to us. And having gone through skin grafting surgeries with patients who I worked with when I worked in the hospital, there is so much precision and so much wound care and so much revisiting and tending to the hurt spots so that that skin can graft together and become one. And it is a process and a process. And in between those interventions, there's a lot of wound care that goes. And I was laughing just one time driving down the road thinking, no, this is not blending. This is surgical grafting. That's oh, happening. I, love that. <laughs> I know. Let's let's make a new term. Let's coin it. Let's have a bumper sticker. The grafted family. We're grafted in. I'm the grafted yes. in. Mom. Yeah. Oh, so great. That's great. So like we, we talk about a lot that before you get married as a newlywed or before you have kids, that it's really good and wise to talk about setting boundaries, mm-hmm. setting those expectations mm-hmm. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so what sort of relationship boundaries do stepmoms have to be aware of? I, I know it's different if you have, um, a, if you, you've had a death of a family versus a divorce. I see a lot of messages on social media about toxic ex- you know, X, Y, toxic extended family too. And, um, half families, all of that stuff. So when you marry your spouse, are you essentially marrying their ex also? 
That is such a good question. So in all honesty, my answer has evolved through experience and just a lot of guidance from the Lord. And here's what I mean by that. In the beginning, it felt very put a bow on it to say, yes, I'm marrying the whole situation because I didn't have any other language for that. Mm-hmm. What I think better describes that when those of us who walk in faith and, and believe that, that God is guiding us, what we're doing in that marriage is we're entering into covenant. Now, our my marriage covenant with my husband is just that, me and my husband. But my covenant, my promise on that day to my husband is to stay committed to his children, to stay committed to the situation that he's been in, mm-hmm. to not give up letting the Lord show me how he wants me to show up in each one of those relationships. So whether it's God, how do I show up in this relationship with his ex-wife, the kid's mom? God, how do you want me to show up with my 12-year-old who was very outwardly we were having challenges. Right. How do you want me to show up with my 10-year-old who said all the right things, but inside was yeah. hurting? Everybody's different. Every relationship's different. So my marriage covenants to my husband, but my commitment is to the whole situation and what that looks like, to what extent I'm involved. Or maybe the best way I could love a situation is to step back. And and that's that's where the covenant, that's where the marriage is. It's just the decision to stay committed to the situation and continue letting God show me what that looks like. Yeah. So beautiful. That's great. Okay, I want to I want to drill down on something you you said. So okay. these different ages, 12, 10, 8, um, yes. in some preparation for this article. The um, American Psychological Association um, had some research on how those ages adjust to uh-huh. um, a step family. And they said younger adolescents, so 10 to 14, you had two of those, <laughs> had the most <laughs> difficult time adjusting. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, 15 and up. And then the younger ones under 10 kind of could navigate it a little more easily, which I thought was interesting. Do you find that to be true in your own experience? Yes, that was so, that was so true. Now my eight-year-old, um, again, we're talking about gender, you know, all of those things play a role. Um, also, and that was, was a boy, the youngest, yes, my boy. eight-year-old was a son and, and he, He embraced, but we, the way we bonded, we were outside building forts and, you know, messy, fun boy play, um, where the girls were very different and, and there's, you know, there's just a different dynamic with dads and daughters. And so who's this new chick in my house Mm -hmm. that's got my dad's attention. I mean, that's real. It's real. So but I did experience that to be true, what you just stated from that article, where 
the 10 year old and the 12 year old struggled most. And they said, um, boys struggled less. They, they said what you just said. They said, um, boys, um, of almost any age just didn't have as much trouble, which I found we're so relational. Yeah. 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 Surprise. Yeah. And, and I think too, you know, I've worked with families. I have a lot of stepmom sisters in my tribe now, just from how God's led the, the work that I do now. So I've heard from many, many, many women in step family situations that don't have any girls and maybe have a house full of boys and some struggle a lot and some struggle less, you know, it'd be really interesting to even have a birth order book <laughs> of yeah. pertaining to step family. So I just think every situation is so different and the nuances are going to be so different. What is something that I've seen that I, I wasn't really mindful of when I became a stepmom, but when I entered into step family min- ministry, there are so many parents having children that never were married. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of children entering into a step family who've never lived in a home with two parents. Mm -hmm. And that's its own unique situation as well. And that was just something that I hadn't, I was like, Oh, you know, I guess that does make sense with how many children are just being born out, you know, marriage or not, and then entering into a family with two parents in the house for the first time when it's a step family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Pew Research poll was saying is that because marriage is less common, that Mm -hmm. those numbers have been rising and rising and rising. It's inevitable. Right. And I think that it just becomes this exponential thing because two uh, husband and wife divorce, Mm -hmm. then they each get remarried. And now you have four sets of grandparents, grandparents. extended families yeah. and everything. And, and mm-hmm. that multiple times, my goodness, yeah. like there's only, I think I read like the ideal um, number of people that you can be close with is really somewhere like 12 to 16, where you can have a real close relationship. So you just exploded <laughs> that. Like, how can you be close to your own family members if there's you know, yes. all these yeah. centric circles of them. Yeah. Yes. And really, if you think about it, the only people in that whole dynamic who are expected to carry all of those relationships are the kids. Are the kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about, yeah. It's really, uh, it's heavy. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's so heavy. It is so heavy. Yeah. Um, I, before this, Renee and I were talking and I it just sort of dawned on me. I don't know. My life experience is different, but uh, we were, my family was in, we were all in our twenties. There's five of us kids all in our twenties when we lost our mom and my dad remarried a year later. So we're all gone and out of the house, but it still had ripple effects because his wife had her own set five children as well. And it became a Brady bunch scenario. And we're at these holiday get togethers and we were old enough to say, you know, I I love you. And I'm super happy that you're happy, but I don't really need to spend Christmas with people that I don't know, or frankly, <laughs> yes. care about all that much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, but when you're a kid, you really can't do that. Like you're going to go to the Christmas stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. You gotta go. You know, my stepdaughter just flew down. She's my oldest is 24. And just to, just to um, give an illustration at 
what God can do. She's married and lives in Washington state. Um, she just flew down to visit me <laughs> for five or six days. And my husband, her biological father is still, um, in Kentucky where we just moved from cause we're smack dab in the middle of transition, but she called and we just have such a great relationship. And she's like, I really miss you. And so Aww. she came down and we were talking because to hear it from their perspective now as adults, looking back on what were volcano eruptions at the time and coming back to them to say, do you remember that? Like, what was that like? What was your takeaway? And as a stepmom who really wants to keep growing, I did this with the girls and I said, were there things that I did that ever helped? ease things. Were there things that I did that you thought, uh-uh, nope, done. <laughs> and because I really Probably wanted, yes, both. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and that was years ago that we started doing that as they started becoming young adults and just revisiting that. But this trip she was talking about, she said, you know, you expressing that it, you were excited to introduce us to your extended family. She said, I'm not sure. I'm sure we rolled our eyes and went with our arms crossed, but I want you to know like that built trust in me, mm -hmm. whether or not what it looked like on the outside was like, I hate it. And I'm not talking to anybody. You can't make me enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Now as a 24 year old, she said that, that grew love in me because it, I've, I experienced it as sincere. Yeah. So that's cool there. And there's so much to learn hindsight. <laughs> for yes. sure. And, and um, like you said, every situation is unique, but we can learn so much from people who've gone before us. Mm -hmm. so there's wisdom there that we can um, ask God, Hey, is this the right direction for me? It's just it's mm -hmm. really beautiful, which you're making me think of. Okay. So if, if that were my child, who's 12 and flashing that kind of attitude, you know, at a family mm -hmm. gathering, I'd be like, Oh no, you know, <laughs> we're going to go sit over here and put our hands together until you can find your happy heart. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on. But the, it's not the same dynamic at play here. So did you and your husband, um, did, like talk about, and I'm sure you did. What did you do about rules? So who enforces those and you knew she was grieving, I'm sure. So you, you would, you know, parent that in a different way. But did you parent at all? Was he the rule enforcer? Were you just the reporter? How did that work? Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, he was the rule enforcer. He really had to be the one leading the conversations. And I would say this to new stepmoms don't grow weary of well doing. And the well doing is the revisiting these moments of conversations to be the release valve when the pressure starts. It's going to happen over and over and over again. And don't grow weary because God can use it. But my husband had to lead those conversations to say, hey, here's what's happening in our hearts. We believe God is bringing us together giving them permission. Like you guys don't have to love this, yeah. Um, but here are the ground rules. We're going to be courteous to one another. You know, we're going to show respect 
and and really it was just pouring a foundation and not expecting much more you know dinners we had dinner at the table they were um my husband had 50 50 custody so our schedule was wacky but we made it work so the first night that they came back home to our home we always tried to have dinner and let me just tell you it was weird and awkward and uncomfortable i, I would call i coined it reentry day like mm-hmm. it because <laughs> but i really it was okay it was okay if the dinner wasn't full of laughs and jokes or if they were talking to one another and I wasn't really included, but God had to help me with that perspective. Mm -hmm. And a prayer was, Lord, just help me see their hearts the way you see their hearts. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the biggest way that I could see past those behaviors that had they been my biological child, I would have been like, oh, no, no, we're going to address this. But some of that you had, you just have to let slide because they're hurting so much and they're trying to adjust to all the new family members and all the new roles and no other person. We don't have to move houses. They had to move houses. All the pressure is on the kids. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able as parents to know when to cut some slack where it's not enabling. I mean, they still need to learn Mm -hmm. and that just really has to be spirit led. And I know, I mean, because every situation is so different, but the Lord will guide. He will be faithful because he knows their hearts. Right. Um, There was a great, great quote from focus on the family who has some great material about this. And helping those, especially the older kids, to kind of adjust to this situation. And, mm-hmm. and it said, your step parent clearly is not your parent, but neither is your track coach, your algebra teacher, or your youth minister. But you're respecting them enough to grant them that authority in your life. Um, so they suggested applying that same standard to your step parent. It doesn't have to be a competition of loyalty, but it's just another authority in your life. It's not really any harder than that. An adult leader. Yeah. Yes. What I saw that was so beneficial for for my stepkids, they needed the reassurance from me along the way. This don't grow weary of like, I already have this going in it, was reassuring them, hey, I respect your mom. I I see I see her at the ball games cheering for you and I know you adore her and I want to honor that relationship. I don't want to be your mom. I really don't. I I love this about you. I love that about you. I want I want to be your dad's wife and I'm learning what that means too. And I could see the countenance mm-hmm. relax on them. And and I mean individually I don't know how many times we had that quick conversation and it was just when I could feel kind of the wall going up or if there was a different situation where I saw the pressure cooking, it was like, okay, they just need that moment of reassurance. Like it's okay. And, and then that was what, that was what we needed to kind of get through to the next season. But isn't that a lot of parenting anyway? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So your situation seemed pretty, I mean, all things considered pretty calm, but I know there's a lot of toxic ex relationships out there where 
the stepmom may not say, I respect your mom. Like she's a special kind of crazy and we don't really need to even be around her. How do you navigate um, some of that? I mean, how do you not say (laughs) the things and not not the parent? And yeah, Um, I think as women, we've got to get to the end of ourselves and also reframe strength is not coming in and wielding the power to make people abide by our rules because I could have done that. Mm-hmm. I could have done that as an adult. Strength is being able to step back and know that there's wounds and there's history and there's relationship that honest to goodness has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And for, for a while, I was trying to be helpful. And I think in, in all <laughs> the best interest, people are trying to be helpful, right? Like I really believe stepmoms come to these dynamics going, oh, I see the problem here. Let me help. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> yes. but, but really joy will come when we can grasp the practice of learning how to step back in love and it's a practice and it's an exercise. And I just, I could not have done it without the Lord and without other women who have been in step families, just encouraging, even if there's, there were moments where I thought, Oh my goodness, (laughs) you know, finding the right place to take that. And that is never to the children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like, um, a lot of what you're practicing when you you were doing this is, um, cutting off lies and telling yourself the truth or speaking to God Mm -hmm. about like, help Mm -hmm. me see the truth, help me remember the truth. That's really Mm -hmm. an important, powerful tool we all need in Mm -hmm. our lives. Um, step relationships or not. Um, Uh I just, that's what I'm hearing you say again and again. Would you say that's true? Yes. And, and I'll just be really honest. God had to reveal pride in my heart because I came in with a background working with hurting children. Right. (laughs) So I honestly thought, oh my gosh, I have binders and binders and conferences and conferences of art activities and expressive therapies that I can do with these hurting children. And they, (laughs) yes, I mean, I knew my stuff, right? And it really, I thought this will be wonderful because they'll get to know me. But God had to show me, Kyleen, you're more focused. What you're holding on to most right now is that these children get to see you. I want to be understood. I want people to see my tender heart. I want, and do you hear that? I, 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 I. it really was self-centered, but I had convinced myself somehow, you know, and I fell into it. I really thought my heart was in the right place and God had to show me, can you stand tall and who I've labeled you to be, whether anybody sees it or not, and let me use you in their life, whether they see your heart or not. And, and that really was a, a molding and a chiseling in my life. But once I did that, it was 
it just was a beautiful journey. It, there were moments that hurt, you know, and, but God was faithful. Yeah. And, and so um, I probably got off topic. That, no, but yes. great. <laughs> Renee, on topic. Renee says all the time, like she thought she was a nice person before she became a mom. So yes. <laughs> you know, we all go through that. I think every day yes. is the same thing. We all have to crawl back up yes. on that altar. Yes. 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 Um, and another stepmom I read, her name's Joy Almond. And she wrote an article called how to love blended families in your church. Um, mm. She, she said becoming a stepmom was the most like Christ she'd ever been challenged to be because yes. you're offering love and loyalty and devotion with no, no guarantee of reciprocation, nor should there be because you're building a relationship. Right. And so, um, I thought, wow. And and I would, I would even say loving them when you know, they hate you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, that that's really where I was for a long time. You know, God, this could be a whole nother (laughs) conversation, but what God has done between my relationship and their mom Mm-hmm. And I can never talk about it without crying yeah. because it's only God. It's yeah. only God. But it calls for surrender. Mm-hmm. But to get to step back and say, I will die in this situation. I'm not going to try to defend myself. I'm not going to try to define myself. Because that that's the human nature. We just want to be seen. Yep. But really, we're here as believers to help other people know that they are seen and that they are loved regardless of how they feel about us. And so I agree with her. There has been no other experience in my life that has taught me more about the character of Jesus than this one. Oh, so good. That is so beautiful and so good. And you're making me also think of, um, I think our culture a lot of times just thinks love is a feeling. So when we don't have those warm, fuzzy feelings that something's wrong, something's off, mm-hmm. and certainly we love those feelings. Those feelings are great, mm-hmm. but love mm-hmm. is a choice. You know, yes. And love is an action. It's a verb. It's a verb. And, mm-hmm. and what you're describing as a stepmom is so much just choosing, choosing to yeah. love. Yes. And it goes back to that. Did you marry the ex or did you marry the kids? And it is that covenant decision that was made. Mm -hmm. And that has to be really clear and it has to stay on the forefront because otherwise my flesh would be like, this is too hard. Nobody sees my heart. I'm out, Mm -hmm. which is why a lot of, I mean, you see the percentage rate for second marriages the divorce rate is higher because there's just more opportunities for the enemy to get in and convince us that it's easier to walk away, Mm -hmm. but it's in the staying that God does the redeeming. Absolutely. And that's true for marriages in general. Um, Yes. Read a statistic of couples who had been married quite some time and nine out of 10 said, they were happier on the other side of their trials and their really big issues than um, had they just abandoned ship. They were so glad yeah. they went through all that and that they were actually happier and stronger mm-hmm. on yeah. the other side of that trial. We just don't see it. It feels, it hurts so much. Yes. Well, and in Hebrews, it talks about um, 
being disciplined by the Lord. Uh, but the growth is in, are we willing to be teachable? And so I would say to step families, just bring that to the Lord every day. God just keep showing me because he will. There's nobody that's pursuing every single heart in that step family like the Lord. And he's the one who's able. And so when we can just keep that as our prayer, that God would just show us who he wants us to be every day remind us of that covenant because there's nobody who loves our step family and each person in our step family like the Lord does. And what you're describing is um, it's what every mom who's um, trying to be intentional in understanding their children does. I, I, you know, I didn't know my little Emma and my little Houston, God revealed them little by little to me. Um, I didn't, it, it was my responsibility it was my responsibility to get to know my children, to, to know exactly. their strengths and their weaknesses. What, what hurts them? What builds them up? How can they hear me um, express love? Yes. And so every mom needs to be doing this. Stepmoms just see it so clearly. It's- yes. Well, I really believe that the perspective needs to be start slow. Let the kids set the pace and enter into their world. And what I mean by that is Braxton, my stepson, was eight. And so we were outside. We were building forts. He loved football. He liked video games. And I was terrible at them. But I would ask, hey, could I play this video game with you? Now, what we've got to commit to do is give them permission to say no. And if they said no, walk away, but he would say yes. And then I would die on the video game. He's like, can you just hide behind that rock on the screen and I'll just get back at you? Because I was terrible, but, and it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be a lot because building blocks are small, tiny doses. So with my, with my two stepdaughters, it was very different. They loved cheerleading, um, There were times if I was going to the grocery store, I would say to one of them, hey, would you like to ride with me? And there were times she said no, (laughs) quickly, but it was okay. It was giving her that space to move closer to me or not and proving to her that she was safe to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Giving choices, like I said, just inviting, demonstrating that I care demonstrating that I'm interested, but really proving that they have the space and the safety to move toward me at their own pace. You know, I get asked this a lot um, from stepmoms. Well, we're trying to figure out what we call each other. And going back to the example that I'd given when we were at the mall, And the lady said, oh my gosh, are these your kids? And we all froze. When we got in the car, because my oldest stepdaughter answered, no, we're not. So we got in the car and I just said, y'all, that sucked. (laughs) And I, I, no, I don't. That's great. I mean, what a real great answer for real. Because we all walked out to the car, nobody talking, because I really, I could sense 
she was worried that she was about to get in trouble because we just weren't sure. So I said, all that sucked. And it was like, again, that release valve. I said, okay, let's talk through this so that we don't bump into that scenario again. If we're in that situation again, how do you guys want me to answer? And I just was really honest. I said, I'm not really sure because I care about you guys. I'm proud that God has brought us together, but like, I don't want to be pushy with what I call myself or call you guys. And I let them choose. And they said, we don't want to call you stepmom. We, we want to call you our dad's wife. Yeah. I mean, that's about as far away as you can get, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And honestly, that was okay with me because it was all still so new to me too. Um, I've worked with families that feel like maybe that's disrespectful a little, but I come back to that to say, but when you give them permission, because there's been so many situations in a divorce and a blending where they've had their choices taken away from them, when we can find age appropriate ways to give them back choices, it does something powerful in their hearts. And when each of them came back at their own pace, we were, we were out somewhere and somebody said, Oh, where's your mom or where's your stepmom? And they pointed at me inside. I'm like, okay, play it cool. Play it cool. Play it, cool. <laughs> it demonstrated their heart had moved toward me at their pace. I didn't have to push it. And so again, enter into what is play. Play is their work. Play is work for children. So find what the kids are playing and just ask, hey, could I play that with you? Doesn't have to be a long time, can be short and sweet and give them permission to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, Give them choices when you can, when it's age appropriate and when it's fitting for the situation. I put on on Blended Family Hope, one of the things that I say is important is think about yourself as a heart gardener. And what I mean by that is there were times where their mom and dad were having conflict. Oftentimes it was surrounding a schedule or swapping dates or something. And I could see it on their face. They were stuck in the middle and they were ticked off, frankly. But what I knew is underneath that they were hurting. And I just would knock on their door. And I'm thinking specifically about one of my stepdaughters and I didn't, I just, she let me come in and I said, "Um, no, today's really hard and I can see that you're carrying a lot. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And that was it. And I walked out because again, if we can play a role to say, Hey, I see your heart. I wasn't trying to fix it. I wasn't trying to process it. It was just, Hey, I see today's a heavy day. Um, I would say if, if, if you're a believer, ask if you could pray for them, um, give them permission to say no, but there were only a couple of times when my kids were like, I just don't feel like it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm talking about my stepkids, but, uh, almost every other time they said, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And again, I just was saying, God, you see her heart and you love her, um, just be with her and become real to her and smooth out the, the, the crooked spots in this situation. Um, 
What that's such a a more beautiful picture than you know Cinderella and Snow White and <laughs> Parent Trap and all the terrible right. of the evil step monster in mm-hmm. all of Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And I know I had friends going up through high school that that's what they called their step. It was mm-hmm. a step monster, you know, and it was a yeah. rock road from the get go. And I don't think it ever got better. Um, but I I don't think any of them ever used any of the um, building relationship techniques that you've just talked about. I think that would have changed everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Information is power and the Holy spirit is even more power. And that's what you're giving us yeah. today in this conversation is so many good tips and then go bring it before the Lord and ask him, show me the, here's the tools in the toolbox. Show me what to do. Show me that child. Show me what to do. Um, I have, a, I have another question for you. So there's lots of step parents and I, and in our churches, in our world, in our kids' schools, what do you want from other moms? Yeah, how can we help? Do you, like, is there anything <laughs> we, we, is there something we're saying that's wrong? Is there something we can do that would bless you? Wow. I think even just asking the question <laughs> is healing. Like that's where it is. Because again, Every family is different. Every situation is different. You know, you're talking about the school scenario. Um, I was in a situation where both of my stepkids' parents worked. So I was kind of the stay-at-home parent, which meant I picked up from school when they were sick or I had to take to the orthodontist or things like that. And I would show up at the school and they're like, we're sorry, you can't check them out. Your name's not on the... (laughs) Oh, oh no. very nice. <laughs> there are just really practical things like that or on um, awards nights, like eighth grade night or senior night when there's a flower for the kids to give their mom. It was the most awkward, y'all. And I'm not saying that like a poor me. It was so awkward for my stepkids because they're like, here, mom, here's a flower. Like, sorry, you guys. And we're in the middle of the basketball court. And the whole thing is just like wonky. Yeah. And so my thought would be from a school perspective to be more inclusive about stepmoms and stepdads on some of those recognition times, you could ask the children. Yes. Hey, would you like a flower for your stepmom? Or hey, could we include your stepdad in any way for this wow. recognition thing? Um, with school forms, there's really no area to include step parents. Um, so maybe even just being mindful of what we d- what what I've talked with step families about now with younger children in elementary grades where they're, they're not being asked to be quite as independent as maybe junior high and high school is putting two parent folders in, in the, the backpack, providing a one page, like here's the snapshot, here's the schedule. Like the kids are with mom on these days. They're with dad on these days. Um, please make two copies <laughs> Of so practical. Yeah. I would never have thought of that. that. Yeah. Yes, because you can't, you cannot rely that parents are going to be communicating well, because more often than not, 
they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can set up something that's just very generic from the front end, like, hey, your student lives in two different homes between Monday and Friday. Here's how you can help them. And here's how we, as the four parents, will commit to being diligent about checking in with information and things like that. So that's kind of from the school perspective, from the church perspective. Ah, This is a tough one. And I say that as a lifelong pastor's daughter who holds a high view of marriage. Mm -hmm. I get it that it's fragile. Mm -hmm. I get it that it's probably hard to know how to create this whole step family ministry and not want to celebrate it so much that it makes the grass on the other side look more glittery and gleamy. But the truth is we're in the pews. We're in the churches. We're in the small groups. And it is hard as a Christian woman to need to hash this out, not because I want to gossip, because I really don't know how to do this in the most godly way. And I'm going back to the beginning. And I really struggled with finding a circle inside of a church where that was safe. Because really and truly, um, and this is true for any scenario, this is why there's Celebrate Recovery. This is why there are um, small groups for those um, in step programs and in addictions or grief share, things like that, because our specific hurt can have specific steps that God may use to walk us toward glorifying Him most mm-hmm. and living in freedom. And so there really needs to be an embracing of step family ministry so that there's a safe place to be able to go. The schedule's hard, like holidays, as you were talking about, even as an adult. For many years, holidays hurt more than they were exciting. And it's hard to say that out loud mm-hmm. and somebody to go, I get it. But just we to, to, to feel yes. 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 what we yeah. all want. I, I, that's such yeah. great advice. I, I don't know how to implement that. Yeah. I mean, I think, but just being aware of it, like I'm ashamed to say I've never thought of it. Yeah, I would say too, as Christians in the church, if you meet a step family, my first question would be, hey, do you guys have other step families that you all can talk with? And if not, maybe be that connecting piece. Like, do you know another step family who's maybe further down the road that you could connect them with? Or as somebody who's not living in a step family, there are some great Christian community. There's a lot of communities out there. So I, you know, it's not just like, Hey, go find a community on social media. That is not the best advice, Mm -hmm. but there are some wonderful communities that say, Hey, let's hold hands and let's run to scripture (laughs) and let's get honest 
and let's let God do the healing work that he is capable of doing, but connecting them with other set family ministries that are further down the road. Um, one thing that Joy Almond said in her article as well is that um, holidays can be really lonely if the kids are with the other parent. And she <laughs> wishes that she and her husband would have gotten invited to somebody else's big family thing. And I, again, I never would have thought of that either. Mm-hmm. Just um, that you might be empty nesting. Yep. At the end. Yeah. And, and I just think it comes back to your heart to say, hey, what would be helpful for you? You know, if a holiday is coming up and you know a set family, like what does your schedule? Like there's a lot that rides on the calendar, <laughs> the schedule. <laughs> and it's hard. Like um, we, I, I joke with other stepmoms, like to try to explain it to anybody else, even with my own parents to try to explain like, no, we can't come because the morning of Thanksgiving, we're doing this breakfast. But then that night they're coming back over for dessert. You know, it's like, it's just easier to be like, Hey, this Thanksgiving, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> but just saying, Hey, what does the schedule look yeah. like? Do you have any pockets of time where you would want to get together and, and just, you know, let them speak to that. I think is a beautiful way to acknowledge the, the hairiness of the schedule, but also like we're here and we see you because yeah. it goes back to that. Yeah. You know, God left us here as believers so that we can help other people know God sees you and God loves you. Mm. Yeah. Let's tell me to, just as we wrapping up, tell me a little bit about blended family hope and what is it you do there? So, um, this, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Really, it's a very churchy phrase, like to come alongside. And so I don't really know another phrase that would kind of encapsulate it, but just to walk with other families in their step family journey. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with families. I work with the the kids in the family, and then we kind of loop back around and come together as the parents to partner to really try to take a look at what might be under the surface from the kids' perspectives because it's really easy to get caught up at the adult level and think that we know what will help when oftentimes the kids are like, no, I just miss going to McDonald's every Tuesday like we used to. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, oh, really? Um, sometimes it, it, what we can do when, when somebody like myself can enter in is just slow things down and start asking the right questions and letting God just reveal things. And then let's put some of these building blocks into place with stepmoms specifically. It's that beginning, like, I want to love, I want to help, but is that, two steps forward, one step back. And oftentimes it's all of those. So it's very situational. Um, There's a lot of discipleship that comes into that because I just really believe we have a counselor and we have a guide and we have a teacher who is faithful and trustworthy in who God is. And so just coming together with family. So we do um, coaching. We I've done a lot of 
um, Bible study, Zoom groups, especially over the last year and a half. But that's worked out great because a lot of us stepmoms are rolling really fast in our family life. And we may not have a stepmom who's local that we can talk to. So just connecting hey, you have teens and you're a full-time stepmom. Let me connect you with this other full-time stepmom four states away. So being that connector, like we talked uh, about before. That is so great. That how awesome. That's the support that we're talking about here. Like, yeah, the, the adding the pieces. So how, how can people get connected with that? Where do they go? To find sure. You can go on any of the social medias. It's just Blended Family Hope. On our website, it's blendedfamilyhope.com. You can subscribe and get in there. And then we can reach out as we have new things coming. We're, we try to stay really connected, like Ron deal with family life. He just authored a new book called preparing to blend. Um, so anytime there's a new resource that we believe in and that we really feel like would be an awesome tool, we'll, um, let, let families know who are in our email list that way. Love that. That is fantastic. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Kylene, for taking. Oh my goodness. It's been so great to talk with you guys. And I just love how, um, how real you are. It's been a joy to get to know your hearts and just to get to the nitty gritty. Yes. (laughs) To be honest. Yes. Keeping it real. Getting it done. (laughs) So I think this is great. Um, So we'll put these resources um, and a link to your website. And also the um, Preparing to Blend uh, book that you were talking about on our website at justaskyourmom.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Just Ask Your Mom, or at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast on Instagram. And if you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to rate us and give us a review. It just helps people find us better. And you can subscribe and get our new episodes every Monday morning. And please send us those topics and questions. This was a listener question, by the way. That's the whole reason we did this um, interview. And send those to justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.